Thanks for listening to the Galilee Students Podcast. We exist to help students love God, love others, and serve all. Thank you, thank you, thank you. How y'all doing tonight? Good? Everybody having a good Wednesday? That's great. Um, If I've not had the opportunity to meet you, my name is Blake. Um, I work here alongside Brian with the youth. Um, You'll probably see me on Sunday mornings, Wednesday nights at events we go on. Um, But here at Revolution for the past few weeks, we've been walking through a sermon series called Anthem. Um, And we've really just been looking at worship, Um, worship as a whole. We've been looking at worship um, in ways that you might not always think about worship. You know, sometimes you hear the word worship and you just think singing songs and, you know, standing in here listening to the band. But the word worship goes so much beyond that. The first week we looked at how we worship with all creation. Um, And we looked at creation and how much God has created, how much he's created for us and how we can worship in the creation that we have. Last week, we looked at how we worship to remember what God has done. All right, so we talked about remembering the good that God has done for us. We, we talked about, you know, how God has helped us through the difficulties in our lives and then the other blessings he's given us and why, why we worship to remember the good he's done in our lives. Um, and this week, we're going we're gonna to be looking at worship some more and we're going to be looking at something that might be a little bit harder um, than just worshiping with creation or, or worshiping to remember what God has done. Um, because tonight we're, we're going to be looking at how we worship even when it's difficult, right? How we're supposed to, how we're called to worship God even when our lives are difficult, when there's obstacles in our way, when we're, when we're feeling sad or we're feeling upset. We are still called to worship God through that. And I want to start by thinking back to when we were, to when we were younger, all right, so think back to like when you're two, three, four years old. Um, I don't know. But kids around that age, they, t- they tend to normally get upset and maybe even cry over like some really like just silly things. All right. Um, I know, for example, like the breaking of toys. All right. If you had like this little three-year-old and he just put like this whole Lego set together and then like the Legos like dropped and they broke and busted everywhere. Like, he probably would, he would be sad, and he would probably cry a pretty good bit. Um, same thing if you, if you had one that had, like, a Barbie doll or action figure, you know, and the arm or the leg pops off. They could get upset, and they could cry over that. You know, it's just how kids react. They get more upset over silly things than we do once we get older. You know, the things that, that made us sad as kids are probably not the same things that make us sad now, um, which I'm... To be honest with you, if I were to put like together a whole Lego set, like a whole like like Death Star, like Star Wars Lego set, and then it fell and crashed everywhere, I probably wouldn't be happy. Okay, like I would be sad. I would, you know, I just probably spent like three hours on that, and now it's broken all over the floor. Um, but you wouldn't catch me crying about it. Okay, you wouldn't you wouldn't walk in and see Legos at my feet and and tears streaming down my face. Um, but instead, the, pa- the passing sadness, you know, of, of our toys breaking or, or not getting the dessert we wanted or not getting our way, it's likely been replaced by pain that, that tends to linger a little bit more because it's connected to something bigger. We are met with sadness in a lot of ways. Um, and in a lot of ways, we're also not good 
um, at dealing with our sadness all the time. You know, sometimes we like to disguise our sadness with, with anger or sarcasm, or maybe you're one of those people who are just so good at just putting a smile on your face and just going. Um, we feel embarrassed about our sadness, as if feeling sad means we're not strong enough or resilient enough. Or maybe we get overwhelmed with the sadness on our life because we, we haven't yet quite figured out how to control those big feelings and emotions in our lives. Or sometimes we ignore our sadness because we'd rather just focus on being happy, right? Like, I'm, I'm going to focus on the joy and the happiness in my life because I don't want to focus on being sad. And I hope tonight, by, by talking about sadness and kind of looking at it from a different angle, we, we can see how we can have this difficultness in our life, hit these obstacles, but still grow and still worship through those. And tonight I'm going to be using um, a term that might be, might be new to y'all, a term you probably haven't heard, and it is the term uh, lament. And I actually have a slide for it up there, all right, so you can kind of help you follow along right here. But lamenting is, is a passionate expression of grief and sorrow, all right? Lamenting is, is facing our sadness instead of ignoring it. Um, it, is, it is feeling our sadness instead of trying to numb it. Um, it's, it's getting through our sadness um, instead of just trying to hide it or to, or to push it to the side. And tonight I just want to look at the act of lamenting in the Bible by observing a few different stories in Psalms. And together I hope that we can see how these passages of Scripture can help guide us in our sadness, help us, help us look for words to say in it, um, to look for hope in the sadness in our lives. Um, but before I get started... At the end of your rows, you used to see a cup. Um, it has some little pieces of paper in it and some markers. All right, and what I need y'all to do with this is for everyone to get a piece of paper, everyone to get a marker, um, and I want you to just kind of pass them down your rows. And when you get your paper, I want you to just write a prayer request you have on it. And this is, this is just something that, something difficult going on in your life, something that's made you sad, something that's upset. Um, it, can be, it can be anywhere from a math test you have coming up. It can be, you know, drama going on in the friend group. Or it can be the loss of a loved one. Um, anything along that scale, it doesn't have to be too big or too small. Um, but jot down a prayer request right quick. I'll give you all a couple seconds so I'm not just talking. Sweet. Sweet. All right, and I'm going to keep going. Hey, if you, if you haven't thought about yours, I'm not, I'm not going to get upset if I see you writing on your paper while I'm talking. So if you haven't gotten yours yet, just keep thinking. But, hey, people on my front row, um, there's, a little, there's a bucket at the end of y'all's rows. If you could just pass those back, um, back your side, and have them find their way kind of to Miss O'Brien back there. Um, yes, put the paper in the bucket as they go back, please. Um, and we are actually going to come back and use these pieces of paper um, later. All right? So pen, paper, prayer request, bucket to the back. All right? I'm going to get back. I'm going to get back to going. So as we get back to, so we get back to looking and talking about emotions a little bit, um, sometimes when it comes to our emotions, to our sadness, we make the mistake of believing that we shouldn't feel certain emotions because we follow Jesus. Right, we, we feel like um, feeling sadness, feeling grief, frustration, or anger means that we don't trust God enough. Or maybe it means that our relationship with Him isn't strong enough. 
And sometimes we might even believe that following Jesus means that we shouldn't, we shouldn't be feeling sadness. We shouldn't be feeling anger, frustration, right? If we're following Jesus, we should always be feeling hope and peace and happiness. But the Bible tells us something very different. You see, guys, Scripture is filled with stories of people whose lives were difficult, right? And they didn't always show happiness. They didn't always... They weren't always peaceful about the situations they found themselves in. You know, a lot of them, a lot of them were filled with pain, with grief, frustration, and so many other emotions. And for the last couple of weeks, we've been talking a lot about worship, and we've been looking through the book of Psalms, seeing how we can connect better with God through our worship. And just like stories in the Bible, we might also think that worship songs are always filled with happiness. Worship songs are always filled with peace. They're always filled with love. But the book of Psalms contains multiple, multiple worship songs that aren't all filled with happiness, aren't all filled with peace. But again, they're filled with pain, grief, anger, doubt. And I just want to take a look at some of these psalms today and see how they can challenge us in our worship. The first one I want to look at is Psalms 55. It is a psalms in scripture that expresses pain over being betrayed um, by, by a, a trusted friend. All right, so if you can throw Psalms 55, 1 through 8 up here. It says, listen to my prayer, O God. Do not ignore my plea. Hear me and answer me. My thoughts trouble me and I am distraught because of what my enemy is saying. Because of the threats of the wicked. For they bring down suffering on me and assail me in their anger. My heart is in anguish within me. The terrors of death have fallen on me. Fear and trembling have beset me. Horror has overwhelmed me. I said, oh, that I had the wings of a dove. I would fly away and be at rest. I would flee far away and stay in the desert. I would hurry to my place of shelter, far from the tempest and storm. Guys, I don't know about y'all, but when I, when I read through those, especially the first few verses of that passage, I can feel the anguish and the stress in the sentences given by the psalmist here. Their battle cries to God against the author's enemies. You see, the author here, he doesn't, he doesn't really see a happy end in sight. And he's shouting to God, God, you know, I'm not okay with the injustices going on around me. God, I'm not, I'm not okay with this grief that I have. I'm not okay with what is happening around me, God. Is what we see the author here crying out. And you know, guys, when you think about it, thanks to the growth of technology, we, are, we come face-to-face with so much stuff, and we come face-to-face with it so quickly. You know, you can, you can hop on Google, you can hop on your phone, go to Google, and you can look up and have access to just about anything that you want to have, right? You can, you can hop on social media and you can keep up with, with everybody in your community and beyond that, right? Or you can, you can hop on your phone and through call or text in a matter of seconds, you can be having a conversation with someone on the other side of the country. You see, guys, the growth and the growth of technology has, has just made it to where we get information so quickly. And you see, although this can be a good thing, it can be a great thing in some ways. But it also means that we're just so much more aware of the tragedy going on around us. Right? We, we are so much more aware of the tragedies going on in our community, in our country, and in the world. For example, just right quick, 
you can, like, I don't know, y'all are probably, y'all are a lot more into TikTok than I am, but you can, like, hop on TikTok and see live streams of, like, what's going on in Ukraine right now. Like, they have, I don't know how they, if they have a drone set up somewhere, but this, like, I've seen it. And then you can, all, you can also see, you know, videos of, of troops and civilians who are being impacted by it and things they're posting. And it's just crazy that I hop on this little phone, on this app, and I'm learning so much stuff about something that's going on on the other side of the world. And because we live in such a broken world, we often see so many different injustices. We see the powerful taking advantage of the vulnerable. We see tragedy hitting good people. We see physical and mental illness affecting so many people around us. Right? There is so much injustice that we come face to face with. And this psalm here that we read, what it is, is it's, it's a lament for injustice. Right? The author here is, is lamenting the injustice in his life. Right? It is a faithful protest to God over the hard things that he is currently facing at that moment in his world. Right? And although these feelings that he's expressing to God, they might, they might not be the most comfortable thing. Right? It might not be the most comfortable thing for you to do, um, for you to take your emotions straight to God when, when they're unhappy, when they're angry, when they're frustrated. But he expresses feelings that are honest. He expresses feelings that are true. He is being upfront with God. And through this, it teaches us that through lamenting, we make our worship honest, right? It allows us to go up to God and bring everything in our life to him, good and bad, right? We don't have to look fake. We don't have to act like we have it together. We don't have to act like there's not sin in our lives, right? Because we see that we can be honest in our worship. We can be honest about the sadness and the anger going on in our lives, And another song, um, and another psalm, sorry, David experiences um, more honest questions and pleas uh, while everyone is, is out to get him right now. He feels like everyone around him is out to get him. And he writes this psalm, Psalm 22, if you can throw that up on the board, verses 1 through 2. It says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from my cries of anguish? My God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer by night, but I find no rest. See, guys, when we experience something and we allow ourselves to wonder, God, where are you? God, did you, did you not hear me? God, why didn't you help me with this? God, why have you abandoned me? When we do that, when we experience that, in that moment, we are lamenting. right? We, we are fighting through the distress, through the sadness in our lives, and we're taking it straight to the feet of God. Here in Psalms 22, David, he doesn't ignore or shy away from the dark moments going on in his life. He doesn't ignore or shy away from the sadness and the difficulty that he is facing. But instead, he brings those problems to God. Straight to him. God, this is how I'm feeling. God, this is what's going on in my life. This is, this is how I feel right now, God. You know, I just don't feel like you're hearing me. I don't feel like you're, you're supporting me or guiding me in this. Now I want to take a look at the very next psalm, Psalm 23. And it is again written uh, by David. And it says in verses 1 through 4, The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. 
Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. See, guys, in this psalm right here, David, David acknowledges that life can be hard, right? He talks about that, that dark valley. He, he acknowledges that. But at the same time, he's speaking on God's peace and God's protection. You see, however, the confidence and the peace that David finds here, it, it doesn't negate the, the grief and the frustration that we just read in Psalms 22, the one right before this. You see, what we're seeing here from David is that he's understood that the darkness he's experienced, the trouble he's gone through, the difficulty, the sadness that he faced, it is because of those things that in a lot of ways he's seen God's peace. He's seen God's protection. He's seen God's guidance. Whenever he would feel alone, he learned that God was with him. Right when when he didn't when he didn't know where he was going where he felt forgotten like nobody was around him he saw how God would guide him on to the next thing. When he was in need he saw how God provided. And when he was exhausted when he had when he had nothing else to give when he was when he was tired he was burnt out God I've I've done so much he realized how God continued to make him new. You see guys it's, it is so easy to worship when our lives are great. God, it is so easy to lift your hands to the air and praise the Lord above when your life is going easy. But at some point, we got to figure out, like David did, how we're going to be able to worship when it's not easy. How we're going to be able to worship when it's not going smoothly, when we're being hit with obstacles, when friends are walking out of our lives, when we're losing loved ones. That's when we got to learn how to worship, how to continue to worship. And you see, guys, when we acknowledge, question, or even, even protest the difficulties that we experience, that doesn't mean that our faith is shallow. Um, it doesn't mean that, that your relationship with Jesus is not good, that your faith isn't, isn't strong or rooted enough. You see, it, it can actually help our faith grow deeper. See, these psalms teach us that our worship for God shouldn't just be during our best during our brightest moments, but they should be in the darkest ones as well. And you see, just like the psalmist that we've been following here, we see that we can worship even in the deepest valleys, right? And we can do that because when we worship through the sadness, when we worship through the difficulties, it makes our worship deeper, right? It takes it from being surface level, and it actually makes us dive in and want to continue to worship, want to continue to praise God despite the things that are going wrong in our lives, because we know that he is something greater before, uh, because of him. So we see that lamenting makes our worship deeper. It allows us to explore our worship deeper. And the last psalm I want to look at tonight is actually another one written by David. Um, and it's Psalms 55. If we can get that up on the board. Psalms 55. There it is. Verse 22. It says, cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. You guys, it can be really, really hard to always have your trust in God. Right? It's, we, we go through so many difficulties. There's so much temptation. so much doubt in our lives. It can be hard to trust God 100% of the time. But what David, David is telling us here is that we can Right? We can be 100% in when it comes to trusting God. 
Because you see, when, when, you, when you lose that trust in God, when you, when you have problems trusting him, it's hard to worship, right? It's hard to worship somebody that you don't have any trust in, all right? So we, we got to be able to hold our trust in God. And you see, like David, we, we can trust, we can keep our trust in God because he has a hold of our future, right? He holds what's coming next for us. He's guiding us to what he has for next for us. And you see, when we lament, when we continue to trust God and work through our difficultness in our lives, when we do that, it makes us look for a hope that we can't see, right? It kind of makes us look for a light at the end of the tunnel. You know, like I'm going through these hard things. I'm, I'm having these difficulties. You know, I have this sadness in my life right now. But when we work through those and we choose to worship anyways, it allows us to have hope. It allows us to look for something to go to. It allows us to look for something for God to guide us to. And as this song reminds us, this hope that we're looking for, this light that we're chasing, right, it's in the hands of God, right? And like David, from what David's telling us here, we, we can trust that, right? We can trust that God's going to hold us and he's going to guide us and love us and protect us with everything he has. You see, after Jesus was betrayed, let down by his people, arrested, beaten, and left to die on the cross for our sins. The last words he actually spoke came from Psalm 22. If you could throw Mark 15:34 there on the board. And it says, And at three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lemma sambachthani. I don't know if that's right, but we're going to go with it. And that means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You see, guys, here's what's so interesting to me about this moment. You know, when Jesus, when he went to the cross, he knew how his story was going to end, right? He knew that God had something, he had something bigger for him, right? He knew that he wasn't going to end in a grave. He wasn't, he wasn't going to end in the tomb, right? He knew that he would, he would raise to heaven, he would, that he would defeat death once and for all. He knew that. But in the meantime, as Jesus was sitting there and he was, he was hanging on the cross, he still felt grief. He still felt despair. He still suffered and was filled with great, great sorrow. And by crying out these words, Jesus shows us that we can be, we can be honest, right? In this moment, Jesus, Jesus knows what's next for him, but he's feeling this sadness, this grief at the moment. You know, and instead of just, just trying to play it off, he looks at God and he's like, why have you forsaken me? Like, why, why are you doing this to me? Right? And he shows us that it's okay to be honest with the, difficult, the, the difficulties and the sadness in our lives. See, just as Jesus knew that God was with him even as he was dying, we can have that same trust that there's hope for us. Right? Even in our darkest valleys and in our most difficult moments. So as I begin to wrap up tonight... I hope you've just seen the importance behind uh, lamenting, first of all, and the positive effect that it can, it can have on our faith and ultimately your relationship with Jesus. I hope you see that it can ultimately make, it can make our worship honest, right? It can make our worship deeper, and it can allow us to look for a hope even when we don't, we don't see there being a chance of one there. And it shows us that we can worship our God even when it's difficult. See, as I've gone through my life, as I've, as I've grown in my faith, uh, faced different sadness, faced 
face difficulties in different situations, um, there's something that there's something that I've learned that I feel like has just just ultimately changed my perspective uh, for the better. You see, when sadness hits, when when tough obstacles fall into place, when when we feel like like nobody's listening to us, nothing is like nobody's wanting to be around us. It can lead us to feeling like we're being rejected, right? It can, it can leave us feeling forgotten. It can leave us feeling pushed away, unwanted. And if you leave here knowing one thing tonight, I want it to be this, is that, that that's, that's not rejection you're feeling from God, right? God, God is never going to reject you. That's, that's not rejection. It's actually God's redirection to something that he has better planned in your life. You see, guys, when we learn that, when we learn that just because, like, it, it doesn't go our way just because there's sadness, when we learn that that's not rejection, that that's redirection to something better, you know, it's, it'll change your lives for the better, right? We, we learn that we can rejoice and be grateful for the closed doors. We can be grateful for the no's, the, the not right now's, the, the you're not ready's. We can be grateful for the loss and other rejection moments. Because I promise you that his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. Right? And although, although we might not understand it in the moment, although it may hurt, although it definitely is not easy, he will bring us out stronger and wiser in the end. So tonight, if you're if you're going through if you're going through some kind of heartache, if you're facing a breakup, if you're experiencing a loss of friends or family members, if you're struggling in school, um, or if if you just feel like you know what the past two weeks nothing has been going right for me, nothing's been going my way, I can't seem to catch a break. I want you to know this: what's meant for you will be yours, right? And nobody, nobody can keep that from you. The plans that God has for you the will he has for you, it will prevail in your life, right? And we can continue to worship and praise him because we know that to be true. All right, I'm about to pray for us. Um, the band is going to come up and we're going to do a little bit of worship. Um, it's going to look a little bit different tonight, but Steph is going to walk us through that. I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be great. Um, but I'll pray for us and the worship band can come on up. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you. We thank you for, for all the blessings that you've given us, Lord. We thank you for all the, all the times you've, you've led us out of the difficult situations, Lord, or the times you've filled us with hope and peace when, when, we, when we felt stressed, Lord. Lord, I just ask that we remember the importance of worshiping you even when we don't want to. You know, Lord, we, we know that, that it can be hard, to worship when, we, when we're sad. Lord, it can be hard to, to worship when we lose a friend. But I just ask that, that we find it in ourselves to not just worship you when life is good, but when life, life is when it's, when it's dark and when it's hard as well. I thank you for everything. In your name I pray. Amen.